Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Um, hello, everybody. This is episode 81 of the Galen Trombley Show. I have a returning guest today, um, but returning for a solo podcast because he did he did manage to uh, weasel his way on and then <laughs> the first time we had him. And his, his exact expression today when we were getting started was, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> and really, this is my third bottom of the barrel pick, so he's the only one that said yes. So really, he's at the bottom of the bottom. But no, he's, he's a great guy. Um, Kevin Patnode, welcome. Thank you. Thanks to, for inviting me. Just, you're welcome. I feel like I'm in your living room here and we're shooting the breeze. I got a couch and I got pillows. I mean, <laughs> I we're, we're, we're one TV away from really having a whole, whole setup here. So. Great view. Great view. Great view. It's a, it's a rainy day, but I think we all... Do you like rainy days? Uh, well, I was scheduled to golf today, and that messed it up. So. Okay, so I'm, I'm scheduled to golf early tomorrow morning. So this we might be in the same boat, but um, do you golf a lot? No, once a week, and it's usually just to uh, hang out with friends of mine and pick on each other and make fun of each other's good shots. That's Which are few and far. But if you get four guys in a group, you're bound to have at least one, one or two good shots. Yeah. It's kind of like a scramble <laughs> version. So um, did, now where do you normally play? Uh, well, I normally play at Harmony. Uh, because uh, Harmony is, I'm from Keysville originally, and uh, we like, uh, it's run by all these Keysville people, and we just have a great time. Um, the, the good thing about <clears throat> Harmony, also it's 14 holes, so which I know it's only four or less, but it really, you can easily get around under three hours at Harmony, which I'll be honest, one of the, one of the neg- like, I grew up playing golf, love golf, haven't played it as much recently as I would like. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get back into it, but get with there. working kids, it's picking and choosing. It's the 6 a.m. rounds now, but um, Harmony, or the game of golf is long, but I like I like the idea that you can go 14 holes and kind of be done. It doesn't really affect your score too much because it's like you get nine and a little bonus round. So Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, so, <laughs> but yes, back to the rain. I, I like rain days, except days I want to play golf. So there's some there's something to be said about just like staying in all day, not going out in the rain, just relaxing. Um, I find it's kind of peaceful too. You can sleep. Like rain to me is the perfect nap weather because you give me like a nice cool breeze. Exactly. I, I doze off. I always tell my wife, I'm like the best sleep I ever get. Exactly. If I could like lay on that couch, open up. If these windows had screens on them, I would open up the window. I'd get the breeze off the lake. I would have the nice like rain paddling. Up. There's a metal roof here. That'd be a nice little white noise. I could go into like a two hour like nap coma and feel great about myself when I woke up. Guess why? As you get older, it's easier. To fall asleep. Yes. We're about to get up get up part. That's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. You just you want to make sure you're just happy to get up. That's know? that's <laughs> gonna say every day you wake up, so it's a day. <clears throat> it's a good day. Um so Kevin, so again, you were on before with Coyer Staffing, but give people who do not know, I guess, the full Kevin, like kinda of give them a um your your uh, your elevator pitch of how you became uh you know, the 2020 Kevin Patton, because this is now your show. You can, you can do what you want on this one. Well, I've got to tell you, one thing that, that I've done throughout my life is I've always tried new things. And, uh, well, my dad had a farm. I was raised on a farm, and I was born back in uh, the 50s. <clears throat> and I, uh, I, he had a farm, and uh, I went to high school in Keysville. It was Osable Valley at that point in time. And uh, 
graduated in 74, and in 1974, there weren't any teaching jobs. I always wanted to be a teacher, always wanted to be a teacher. No jobs. So I uh, went to Plattsburgh State, got a business degree, uh, uh, resource, uh, human resources, and I worked for the Grand Union Company for 12 years in, in various capacities. I worked at their headquarters. I managed stores. And the last store I managed was uh, in Glens Falls, uh, right off Aviation Road. And I remember going in there and had it. I had had it. So I walked down Friday to the district manager's office, who happened to be in that store, and I said, look, I'm not going to be here Monday. <laughs> so I just told him, I said, I'm done. This is not what I want to do. So, And how old were you at the time? I was 33. Okay. I was 33, and I had my wife and my daughter. And uh, I, went ba- I got matriculated back at Plattsburgh State and got into the MST program. And I uh, got my master's and, and started teaching school in, at the age of 35. So I'd been around the block. So when I started teaching, it's kind of like when you had gray hair, you had instant credibility with the kids because they said, oh, this guy's old. You know, he's, you know, he's not going to be, uh, you know, it's not one of these young kids we can, you know, pull the wool over their eyes. So I started teaching and I taught school uh, for 27 years. While I was teaching. At what district? Osable Valley, okay. same one I graduated from. And while I was teaching, a fellow by the name of Art Lefebvre, I was teaching U.S. History and Government, 11th grade, so I wanted to get different perspectives, and I went to see Jim Andre to get, he was the chairperson of the Republican Party at that time, and I wanted to get a, a sign, a pres, it was a presidential election, I'm trying to think who it was, it was, I think it was Bill Clinton, and I think, I'm trying to think. Anyway, I tried to get a sign from Jim Andre and one from Art Lafay. Well, Art Lafay was cagey. He said he got me in the car and drove me around the town. I said, "Gee, I really don't have time for this. I just want to get a sign to put in my classroom from both parties so I can put them up on my wall." But he kept talking. He says, uh, he kept talking. He says, "You interested in politics?" I said, "Well, yeah, a little bit. I've been fairly active down in Glens Falls. I was a award boss, and someday we'll talk about what award boss does." But I. Uh, <clears throat> He said, "Would you be interested in running in uh, running in being joining a, a political party?" I said, "Yeah, sure," and uh, so I did. And '97, uh, I was uh, August of '97, I was appointed town justice. Uh, there was a vacancy. Gary Latterell had uh, resigned to run for a different position, and uh, they appointed me. I ran that fall, and for 20 and a half years, I was town justice in the town of Plattsburgh. And that I could probably regale you with uh, stories for hours and hours. I did 180,000 cases. but That blows me 180,000. <laughs> that's what it ended up being, yep. Now, when, when you're talking, so this is the town of Plattsburgh. <laughs> town of Plattsburgh. So when you're talking 100 and, which that's a crazy stat, over 20 years. I don't want to, I don't have a calculator with so me, like but I'm sure that's like 150 for every week for, for 20 and a half years. So and that's obviously a full-time position. No, I did that while I was teaching school. I would, I teach school. I, okay. I taught my school. I was there for, I was there at eight, taught till three, three, three thirty, And then I got in my car and, uh, went right to the town and I was road run night court. I worked, I worked a lot of hours and, uh, some days I didn't know if I was coming or going, you know, I was just that busy. And of course, in that position, you get called out in the middle of the night, you get called out all hours. Of course, the the law enforcement agencies all knew that I taught school during the day. So the minute school was out, it was like, oh, let's call Pat Doden, you know, we'll get him in. And that's usually the way it went. But I'd have 150, average about 150 a week. But I had some great support personnel at the wow. town. There was, uh, you have court clerks and I had a, a good, I had a, I was 
trained by a really good judge who was there and he worked with me and I trained in, in Albany and it was a uh, so you average like in theory 30 cases a night yeah and the average we'd only have court once a week with new cases we only had like court once a week but I would have all during the week we'd have preliminary hearings evictions small claims every night we'd find something uh, felony hearings and you would do that all you so do that all week long so, which again, Plattsburgh is, because you're talking only the, the town of Plattsburgh, right? That's correct. So, really, and I don't know what the population of the town of Plattsburgh is, 10,000 maybe, something like that? Yeah, it's 11, it's, a little, it's almost 12 now. So, so out of all of that, there's 150 <laughs> cases a week that you had to hear out of that. So, like, we get a bunch of delinquents. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> They weren't. They weren't often. Mostly that you see. If you were a, if you were a town justice, you could handle felonies anywhere in the county. Okay. So, so if you got a felony DWI in Champlain and they couldn't get a judge, they'd definitely always call me because I'd always answer my phone, and uh, you know. And my wife used to uh, wake up and ask me what it was I was getting called out for, and then toward the end, she she never even heard the phone. I mean, she'd done it for so long, and I was I'd so, done it for so long. So you would have to go in the middle of the night to hear stuff all the time. Well, what was the per- why would you have to wait? Uh, there's a 24-hour arraignment rule, but the uh, local uh, state police didn't have a holding cell, so they would and they didn't want to hold them, and I can see why they wanted to get the person arraigned and ha- either back in those days you either set bail or you're released on their recognizance, and uh, so most of the time. Uh, they'd call me, and I would get up in my jammies and put a trench coat on and shuffle out, scrape the snow off the car, uh, go out and, and do that. Sometimes on a weekend, I might get called out four or five times, uh, maybe Friday night twice, maybe Saturday night twice, maybe Sunday night once, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. So you're always on call in that job? Yes. And, and were you you're the only guy? Nope, there were two judges, but I, I got the lion's share of the calls. I was, uh, I was trusted. Yeah. Uh, I had... I was trusted. I had a good rapport with both sides. I had good rapport with defense counsel and, and uh, the DA's office. So I, I, you know, I did that for 20 years, and I was so fortunate. I was so fortunate, knock on wood, even to this day. I never got any, no one ever turned me into the ethics committee for being unfair or being biased or doing something underhanded. So I, all those cases, without getting one letter to the Judicial Ethics Committee in, in, in Albany was remarkable. I was just lucky. So what do you think the key to that was? Not being a jerk. <laughs> just being, when you, I, I knew, I know people in Clinton County, just like you. You know, you're born and raised in this area. You understand the area. You understand the people. You understand the different walks of life. You understand what the different hardships they go through. And you just, you know, you just don't treat anybody poorly. You, 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 had, to res, you had to respect them and understand where they were coming from. Uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, people are in situations that they really can't control. And it might be uh, substance abuse. It might be domestic abuse. It might be. And there are a lot of things that contribute to that. And you just learn that, you know, I never thought it was a Supreme Court position. And being a teacher helped me because it was more counseling in many ways than it was. I never was I didn't get up in the morning and say, well, I'm going to be a jerk today. I'm going to punish everybody I see. That never entered my mind. I'd get up in the morning and say, I just hope I can get through the day. <laughs> that was, my, I just, that was my, my, my goal, to get through the day without, without a whole lot of issues. So when did you retire from teaching? I retired in 2018, June 2018. So you did this 20 years Right, your whole twenty years in the judge position, you were a teacher. Yep, the whole time. Oh, wow. So I, th- I thought that maybe you retired partway through. 
So it never got it. So basically, 2018, you we were just like I took everything off my plate. Yeah, for yeah, for, for a little bit. For a little bit. So then, what are, what are you doing? I mean, because I always, you seem like a guy that I, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but do you sit still well? Like no, do you, you like I, you like being you like doing stuff? Yeah, I think I'm, you and I are probably very similar in that regard. Um, there's a local <clears throat> gentleman that does does uh, has an advertising business and uh, does very well with it. And he uh, he was talking to my wife, and my wife said to me, "You used to be just like that." He's really wired, and she said, "You used to." Be Is it who I'm thinking of? Yes, yes, okay. <laughs> and she yep. said, "I said, look there." I said, "I was like that." Yeah, she said, "Yeah, maybe worse," <laughs> because I love the kids. I love to teach. I, even now, I do weddings all the time for people. For, for my former students all the time and their relatives and their relatives' relatives. And. So so from a teaching, I mean, you you said what, uh, junior years teaching yep. at U.S. Well, history? Yeah, U.S. history and government, yeah. Which is one of my, so this is, the, this is my, I think I'm right on this by saying this. I think a lot of people would agree. I did very well in history all the way through. I was really lucky. I went to Shazy. We had some phenomenal history teachers. Good, good school. Um, and I mean, uh, well, Mr. LaFleche, Daryl LaFleche, I don't know if you know him, but he, he passed away a few years back, which was unfortunate. I mean, he was one of the greatest storytellers I've ever heard. And then we were lucky. I only had him when I was like in junior high, and then Rob McAuliffe teaches. He did. Now he's the elementary principal. But he taught that for many years, and I had him for a few years. And it was like, they're just good storytellers. And I think part of the reason that kids, I think, gravitate towards history it's the only subject that I know in school that it's you telling stories because it's history. It's not like it's not math. You're not doing equations. It's not science. I'm, I, I would know I'm terrible at science. So, <laughs> but I could sit there and I could listen to stories. And history was one of those subjects I very rarely took notes. I took notes in math, took notes in science. History, I just sat. I just sat and listened, and then I just took it in. And then I could just regurgitate. You might have to look through a couple stuff for specific dates and stuff, but for the most part. You're following a timeline. It's like, okay, we're in U.S. history, 1700s, going into the Civil War, going into the Battle of Antietam, and all these things. And you're just like, you're just listening. To, it's like a, like my, some of my favorite movies growing up were like Gladiator, The Patriot, you know, all these, you know, old. Lincoln was a phenomenal movie. Um, I mean, that's, I don't know how yeah. old that is now. Probably older than they care to. I remember seeing it in theaters, which now I think it's late. It's a long movie, but it's good. But like, stuff like that. Like, sure. I, so what did you. The, did you find that with kids that they just gravitated uh, towards well, stories? The thing is, because uh, you're a pretty dull guy, so I don't think you tell great <laughs> stories. So, <laughs> I I gotta tell you, I used, <laughs> I used to I well, New York State, I was kind of goal driven, and we have a regents. You had an eleventh grade regents, and frankly, it really wasn't that hard. But some kids just didn't dig it. They didn't get it. They didn't want to do it. And I would I would. Uh, you know, I never use a textbook hardly at all, just for vocabulary. The rest of the time, I use graphic organizers. I use my whiteboard and my, you know, my um, my computer to give lessons, and it worked really well. And uh, my kids, I had a lot of stories, and I, I, mean, I was the same way. I would tell stories and and use analogies. Um, I would, you know, the kids. We had good rapport. They all did well, and some kids just need reassurance. Some of the students were so afraid, and I also taught what you—you've probably heard of this—but remedial or mm -hmm. remedial type. Uh, I used to teach global global studies uh, remedial because a lot of kids would fail the regents, not a lot, but some, yeah. and uh, they would panic. And someone would—and and I came onto that by accident. I remember a bunch of senior uh, young ladies came up to me and said, "Mr. Powell, will you please teach us so we can get graduate? We want to graduate and get through." 
global history. I said, okay, I'll, so I gave up my lunch for, from January to June. I gave up my lunch, and they came in every day. And boy, some days they were crying. They were really worried, and, but they all passed. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, then the school had me teach it as a regular class. So it's good. So it's kind of like when you're washing the dishes and you don't want to be good at washing the dishes because the only way that becomes your job. That's what happened in my house. So I'm the dishwasher, but that makes sense. So you 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 played your cards too quick. You were yeah, good at it, and uh, they they roped you in. I felt bad for him. the. Uh, so, um, so this. I mean, the storytelling. Does that come? Are you a big reader? Do you do you read a lot of books? Did you I used read a lot to read of, a lot. Yeah, I used to read a lot more than I than I um, than I do now. Um, when you're when you're not an attorney and you're you're acting like one because when you're town justice you are i mean you are you might as well be an attorney as far as uh, what your duties are and so i had to do a lot of research and i found that most of my time was taken up uh, reading laws and precedents and and other decisions and you know law journals and stuff so i could at least didn't look like a halfwit on the bench. You know what I mean? It looked like I almost knew what I was doing. Do you need a certain degree for to be a judge? You said it was an appointed position. So is yeah, it? I, well, it was an elected position. I was appointed, elected, yeah. I was appointed first, then elected five times. And the thing is, it's it's uh, you can be a non-attorney judge at that level. But the next level up is county judge. You have to be an attorney. You have to be an attorney, anything above the, the justice court level. So... so um, and, and going into to becoming a judge, that was just like you said, a car ride with Art Lefebvre, and that well, just ultimately happened. that's how it started. Yes, I'm just going to shut. No, you're fine. So the uh, yeah, because the, the like judge and history, and all, not history, but um, like judicial law and stuff like that. That always, I have friends that are attorneys and they use the lingo, and I'm always one where it's like you know the hearing and they talk about. Um, I'm sure there, there's bigger terms in, in law that I'm. Um, like you, you had mentioned a couple of the other ones. What are the things like? You not not the not you're actually. You said in a week you see so many people. Oh, it might it might get arraignments and things like arraignments that. Arraignments is when you initially come in, uh, and they're advised of the charges and they're and they're they're assigned counsel or they they tell you they're going to have a counsel. Then you might have and counsel is an attorney. Yep, and okay. you, and uh, you might have um, evictions, uh, summary proceedings. That's what they're called, where you evict people. Yep. from from non-payment. Usually, there are many ways to do it. Uh, you know, a preliminary hearing, let's say you're charged with a felony and there has to be enough reasonable cause to charge you with the offense. They might ask for, for a preliminary hearing. There's, it goes on and on and on. Pringle hearings, all these things that that you would do. And then every night there would be something going on, you know. So it's it's just like the, the law stuff is always trying to like wrap my head. You know, you watch like TV shows with a law court case. And like I always I actually use the the analogy of a prosecuting and defending attorney when I talk about real estate because I'm like what's a buyer and a seller's agent I'm like well think about going to a court case and you got a prosecuting and defending attorney you want your own like you don't you know what I mean so well yeah it's it's so there's a lot I mean that's the only analogy I use from law but there there's uh we do all the time with lawyers and stuff but it's you know it's attorneys but they it's real estate law and it's not very rarely do you have you know people come into you know coming to blows at the closing table for the most part we, we stay clear of that which is good but there's sometimes some you know obviously disputes come up but it's yeah. it, i think at the end of the day from a law perspective it's usually just you get common sense level-headed you know and i think i think you got to look at stuff um like you said you got you got to you know everything about the situation but kind of have a good uh, background knowledge you talk about the area and the hardships and things and then you got to i think you would have to focus on not really making an emotional decision or making a quick decision, but just kind of looking at it as Precisely. like, yeah, overall is 
okay, there's definitely some gray area that you can play with. And it's like, okay, it's not black or white. There's always, okay, what's the situation? And, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of like gut, gut instinct that you had with a lot of stuff that you made, you made decisions based on kind of how it felt. And you can't really explain that. It's just years and years of, you know, I'm sure by year 15 to 20, you had a little bit more background than year one to five. Oh so it's, God. yeah. So you kind of, you've been around the block. Like I've yeah. seen that before. And, well, it's, it's out to the way you are in real estate. I mean, you can look at a you can look at a property and size it up probably in a matter of minutes. You know, it's it's. Well, I was rushing through a house before I got here, and they's like, "Hey, can you come in and we want to remodel some stuff?" I sold the house to him a few years ago. We want to remodel some stuff to possibly sell in the next couple of years. I said, "Okay." I said, "Yeah, I'll stop by in real quick and look." So I was going around the place and. The basically long story short is I have you know ten years of doing this year one I've been like I mean yeah I think that's good and I wasn't very definitive back then because I didn't, hadn't seen a, I hadn't seen a lot of different scenarios this was like I walked in I'm like no like what they wanted to do I'm like you're on the right path don't do it switch it here we were talking basically about making another bathroom or master bath and I kind of redid everything there and like we didn't even think about that and I'm like yes 100% do this and I could go in there with like 100% conviction and say this is what you have to do versus eight, 10 years ago where I was like, I mean, that would be cool if he did that. Now I can literally go through a house and be like, do this, ding, 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 trade, trade this, ch- uh, change that, keep this the same. That just, again, is just, I can go in and rat, I can go in anybody's home and just rattle off stuff because I've seen, I've seen thousands of homes. So it's yeah. like, it, and, it, and I'm seeing thousands of homes with an eye to see homes, meaning like you can, you may have gone in a thousand homes. Like people have come to your house, you've gone to other people's houses, had parties and stuff, but you're not like looking at it with a critical, critical eye. eye. Yeah. So when I'm going in and looking at thousands of homes as like buying or selling, what's issues, what's good, what's bad. Eventually, like something's got to stick in my brain, right? It's kind of like sure. using courses, uh, doing Absolutely. court cases. At yeah. some point, I got to be somewhat good at this, you yeah. know. So well, you're only thirty. I'm only thirty. I, I know. And the thing with real estate, I'm kind of like a like a dinosaur in the real estate industry because not a lot of people don't spend 10 years in real estate like they it's either late in their career or early in their career and they either don't stick with it long enough or it's hard to, to it's hard to get in the real estate and really stick stick with it so like the first five years I basically got through because I was young didn't have a ton of expenses and it was kind of probably too dumb to get out of it so I was just like I'm just gonna like keep bashing my head against the wall until I figure it out and then the last few years have been better you know because I'm like okay now I'm like but you look like you're having a good time I love it I love it yeah and uh, I think you call this my playroom and it kind of <laughs> is it's like a it's like I just had a bunch of stuff I mean I wish it was actually a little bit bigger to add some other things to it but we're gonna build some shelves and kind of clean up some space but um at the end of the day it's 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 having fun with what you do like if you did 20 something years between teaching and being the judge, like that's a lot, you know what I mean? You got to like it. I mean, if you're not, you're probably putting in most days anywhere from 12 to 14 hours. So it's like, you got to like what you're doing. I, that's the only regret I have. Sometimes, you know, when you're working and you're doing that now, mm-hmm. you put your head down and you say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then when you pick your head up, it's 10, 15, 20 years later. Yeah. And it's like all this time has elapsed it, and, and you say, gee, you know, it seems like yesterday. Do you have, you said you have a daughter? Yeah, my daughter is 38. She uh, lives in Albany with her husband. He's a PE, um, and uh, he's, an, he's a civil engineer, and uh, they're doing well. And that's and you you have the one just the one child. One, yep, yep. Yeah, and I one of the <clears> things I have two young children. I have a third one on the way. So like we're we're we busy. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah it's busy times. We uh, so like right now is just chaotic, but I've I've gotten pretty good at my weekends. Typically are family like i don't that's i don't good yeah i don't plan a lot of stuff on the weekends like i joke about going golfing like i'll tee off at six and i'm back by 10 10 30 
Um, you know, and that's just one I'll just get up earlier to get my, my recreation in. And then I spend time with the kids. And then even at night, if I'm not doing an appointment, you know, typically I'm like, I try to get home as soon as possible. And then I just spend time with the kids till like nine and then they're to bed. And then you kind of, you get maybe an hour to two hours at night and then you go to bed and repeat. But Galen, that will change. Right yeah. now you are the center of their life. You yeah. The but what's going to happen is they're going to grow and they're going to change. And soon you'll be on the periphery. And you'll and that's where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So you know, and and so you have to, you know. Right now, it's it's crazy. You are the center, but it won't be that way forever. Yeah. And you're on the periphery, and then you you're gonna sit back and you're gonna say, "Wow, I did a good job. My wife and I did a great job." Yeah, and that's my my hope is <laughs> at least until I'm assuming. You know, we have our my oldest will turn three, <laughs> basically two weeks before the next one is due, so. We're probably going to have until, you know, crew is, say, going to be a teenager. Then the new. So we probably have, I think, like you said, maybe a good 12 years from now, 13 years before they're all like, I don't want to see mom and dad. We're yeah. in the teenage oh, yeah. stage and we're like, you know, I'm going to go down in the basement and hang you out. You won't know anything. You won't, yeah, you don't know anything. <laughs> You've never seen them. So, and, and you know, it's more it's more of like getting, I think, the our, uh, what's it called, taste of our own medicines when we were kids. So... So really, like the next ten years, I'm kind of in a mode where I just know it's going to be chaotic in the sense of like, you know, we're working like growing this company up, you know, kind of still navigating your way through life as a sure. you know a young adult, and then also now having raising will be three kids. Um, so my I think my I was so pumped to turn thirty. Like some people don't like aging. Like I'm the exact opposite. Like I the only thing that's negative about thirty is that I get up a little slower than I did at twenty. That's about it. But mentally, I feel better. I'm um, in a better place in the sense of like just stability, meaning like you have a family, you have kids, I have like a, a, a better purpose in my mind in life than when you're 20 and you're just like oh, flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I was pumped for my 30s, but then I look at the next, like the next 10 years for me, I think it's going to be really fun because my kids will be young and I'll have a lot of good is, memories in my 30s. Time. It is a good time. Now, what, what's their age range again? Uh, two and a half and just over one. Wow. So, like, my son will turn three on Christmas Day, and the the new babies do January tenth. Th- that'll be good, though. Uh, what district, school district, do you, are you Saturday. in? Saturday. I'm right around the corner from you. I know you are. Just yeah, yeah right around the corner. Yeah, I mean, literally, just around the corner. I can almost teepee your house. <laughs> be, be, be careful, come October, right? Um, yeah. Well, I, I'm the guy with or cabbage the, night, whatever. With the bathrobe on, watering the flowers in the morning with a cigar in his mouth. Or do you but, smoke a lot of cigars? Uh, no, I no, not. I try to about a half of one a day. The, uh, I'm gonna have you look up there. I got I got a humidor here. My my play place that so you can see up there. I got a nice little humidor, and I got all my the top shelf basically is my cigar box with oh, all yeah. my. It's, it's the right humidity too. Well, it is right now. When summer. I fir- when I first got that in the summer, I'll tell you, this January February trying to get that thing to regulate. Oh my god! I don't I don't know enough about cigars. My my level of cigar knowledge is if you give me a cigar and I smoke it and I like the taste of it, then it's a good cigar. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't know a lot about the intricacies of it, so I had to look. Um, had to research. It's at what is that? Eighty. Eighty. That might be the highest that's ever read. It's because you're here. You yeah. gave it the extra point. <laughs> you got me into the eighties. Yeah. Gotcha. Because supposed to be like that's seventy-eight or something like that. I think that's, they said it. Yeah, somewhere that, in the seventies is great. ideal. Um, I got to check. Cause some of those are a little bit older. They're probably going out close to a year. You know, so I got to. They ferment. You know? Yeah. Well, the problem is I had them, had them. Then I bought the box. Then I ran, Then they gave me the packet to to do uh, to regulate the humidity. Oh, yes. I went through the whole bottle like much quicker. Still was only got up to like sixty 
low sixties. I'm like, I got another ten percent to go. Bought two more bottles. Have never got it. Now it's perfect, but the cigar is a little older, so I don't know. I'll give you one for the road. You can have one. I don't know if they're going to be good <laughs> or nice. Okay. My fa- What's your? Do you have a favorite kind? I, 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 my again, my knowledge is very limited. I, I smoke a cigar. Do what you like. Smoke what you like. So, well, this is. I'm so pumped now that you have a cigar. I might have. <laughs> I might have to go to your house and smoke yeah. a cigar with you. Because well, yeah. I, would, I, you know what? The, I'll tell you a little story after. So, I, I'll have you check the cigars up there. My. I smoke cigars typically around 4th of July. We go to Fern Lake every year. We're there for like three or four days with some friends, and I have one at least one a, one a night, um, maybe a couple nights too, and then maybe one during the day for a couple of days. I would say to, in total over those three, four days, I probably have like maybe six cigars. And then I'll smoke them at like bachelor parties, weddings, or if I'm with some friends or something. I don't, I don't really smoke in my house. Actually, I've never smoked a cigar in my no, house. I'm a garage guy and deck guy. You can't smoke in the house. Well, I mean, like, I mean, not even on my property, just because I, I just, I have no one to smoke a cigar with. And yeah. the nights I want to just like sit outside and smoke a cigar, I'm just like go go go. And then I'm like, I just want to just relax or do something different. So I don't, even though it probably would help. You're always welcome to my house because my deck, my deck, I sit in the deck and smoke a cigar. I sit in the garage and watch the ball games. I got my little cave. It's a dumpy old, dumpy little garage, but it's 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 home. Uh, but what I used to do. And I'll never forget, I used to tell the kids at school, because they were juniors, and I'd say, look. They'd say, Mr. Powell, what do you think about this, this controversy? What do you think about capital punishment? What do you think about abortion? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I couldn't tell them. So I said, look, you know I can't tell you my opinions. It can't, I can't do that. All I can do is lay them out there. You make your own opinion. But I said, when you graduate, and you have to graduate, and you have to be 18, you can come and have a cigar on my back deck, and you can ask me any questions you want. And you'd be surprised how many kids, and females even, they come, they, they just, you know, they don't really want a cigar. They just want to ask me. <laughs> and they would, they would come in packs. They would come, you know, solo. They would sit in the back of my back deck, and sometimes we'd have lunch. My, uh, my wife would cook a lunch for us, and, and they would ask me questions, like things that, they couldn't, that I couldn't tell them when I was in yeah. school, you know, when they were in school. So a lot of them took you up on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's um, surprising. What? Uh, so, what ball game you you, you in the garage? You're oh, a baseball I, guy? I always I'm a baseball guy. What team? Yankees. Well, that's they got a good team. <laughs> this is probably the best they've been in a while. <laughs> I know they're I, eight uh, one. I think. I, I was going to say Aaron Judge. I think has hit 15 home runs already. So we're pretty <laughs> pretty close. It seems. I think, I, yeah, I think he's at six or seven. He, he's incredible. Um, he huge. I, I was there last year. Saw him. He's a vast physical specimen. I mean, it's like a, he's like a cartoon character. He's huge. Just like Would you go? Yeah, nineteen. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, went nineteen. Uh, went nineteen last last year. We sat. We like to go to the Audi Suites because you know I don't necessarily oh, Audi car suites. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, where you just eat all you want the whole time. So we went. We went to a Yankee game. Um, not not this April, obviously, but April of last year. Me and three buddies. We went down for the weekend. We saw a Friday night game, a Saturday game, and then came home on. Saturday night because Sunday was Easter, so it was oh, like our. So yeah. we went and saw a few games. Um, first game, seats in the right field, great seats. Both the, both nights we had tickets in the same. Both games we had tickets there. Well, then, but the second game we're like, well, we had great seats, but it's not like the, the atmosphere. So we went out and stood with the bleacher creatures <laughs> out in the back deck, had beer, stood up the whole time. There was almost a fist fight. Someone threw popcorn <laughs> or pre- or uh, peanut shells hit a girl. The cops were around. Like I remember watching like a game for probably an inning and a half, and had a cop like on my back shoulder. Not we were fine. It was nothing with us, but people were screaming and yelling. Oh, yeah. and we, we were with like the mayor of the bleacher creatures. Like one of my friends knows him, and he literally is like the mayor. Like everybody knows him. He walks in like Fat Joe. Like they, they know this guy. So we uh, 
No, we had a we had a blast, but Yankee games are incredible. Oh, they're fun. They're, did, did you ever? Now you're kind of youngish. I was going to you know, ask the same question. Did you ever go? You? Did you ever go to old Yankee Stadium? I was going to ask you that. No, I have not. That's one of my. I grew up, so I love baseball. I grew up. My first baseball game was 1998. I saw the St. Louis Cardinals play Montreal. I've watched. Um, I was a huge Expos fan. I would go. I think we went once a month every single year from like 1999 to 04 um, up there. So that was like our once a month. was I still remember this as a kid. The tickets would come out in like February. My dad would be on the computer. I'd go up and we would go through the whole schedule. But you lived up north anyway, right? Chasey, yep. Yeah, so it's we, a little further north. Yeah, so I love the Expos. I knew all their players top to bottom. I knew everything about baseballs this time. I was like a, the stereotypical like little league baseball kid that knew everything. So I... We would sit there in like February and we'd go through the calendar. We'd find all the home games. And we typically would go up on like a Friday night. So we'd try to find a Friday night game every once a month for the for the year, all the way through September. And I remember like it would be so fun because you'd pick them and then it would be like interleague. So you get to see some of the American League teams. And obviously if the Red Sox or Yankees are playing, you would, you would try to go with one of those games. So I saw um, a few of those games and I had the best memories, but I was an Expos fan. And... They left in 2004. Uh-huh. I saw the last game in Montreal Expo Stadium. And that was still a t- ticket stub. I think it was like September 29th or 30th against Marlins, the uh, Florida, Mar- Florida Marlins at the time. And the Yankees and Red Sox, the, the Expos left. The Red Sox won in 2004. So I was definitely rooting hard for the Red Sox. I was, I was a baseball guy. I was like, they haven't won ever. Yeah. They all had the beards. They had like... They they were just like the the the, the grungy baseball oh, they team. Were. They were, and then you had like Steinbrenner's clean cut Yankees. Oh, yeah. So I was like, screw those guys. We're going for the for the, <laughs> for the Red Sox. And I, again, I'm an Expos fan, so I wasn't really a true fan either way for those teams. And then my my wife loves the Yankees. Um, I'm starting to smart girl. Yeah, I'm starting to <laughs> like the Yankees more now. Meaning, like, because they're on TV. Um, I brought a bat back for my son when we went, so he has this bat that he uses, and he knows the Yankees. Like, he knows the Yankee teams, and. Um, so I root for the Yankees now. Um, I still would root for the Red Sox if we got to the World Series. So I'm not really a huge fan, but if the Expos come back. You just back, like baseball. You just like baseball. Not, not even, I, do, I like baseball, but I don't follow it anymore. Meaning I, I only know a couple players on the Yankees. I, if you ask me a player on the Red Sox, I could probably name one or two. Mm-hmm. And if you ask me players in the league, if it's not like Bryce Harper and Mike Trout, I honestly don't know a lot of baseball players. Even like uh, some of the big names, I might know their last name, and I'm like, like – if you gave me like one of those Latin guys' names, like I know his last name, I couldn't even tell you his whole name because I'm like I I don't know Carlos from the Yankees, like because I'm not that big of a fan. The Expos come back, watch out, buckle up. Because I, I gotta tell you, I went to see when I was in college in 1976. I think 76, 75 was my. We used to skip classes, drive up to Montreal, and go to Jerry Park. That sounds so much fun. <laughs> we saw some great players. Saw some great. Oh, yeah, this was what 70s and 80s. Yeah, mid 70s. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, seventies. They uh, was uh, Gary Carter. Then was he a little bit later? I saw him. He was later. He was I, saw, later. I saw him play, but he was later. Yeah, I like saw a lot of, Andre Dawson. Those guys were all later. Andre, though, Ellis right? Valentine. All these, all these great players. I saw uh, uh, Tony Gwynn get his three thousand hit up yeah, there. He did. Yep. I, I was that. I was right behind home plate. We walked in, and I said, "Well, you know what the heck? Let's get really good seats." So Scalper was there. I think it was forty bucks. To sit. We were the first seat behind. Forty home bucks plate. Canadian. <laughs> It's like I didn't think of that. That's right, right, yeah. right behind home plate. And I mean, but I, I was so sad to see the Expos go because they were our window to Major League Baseball. Yeah, close, you know. But. Yeah, and, and I think they'll. I have a bunch of theories. I think they're coming back. I'm hoping. I actually, 
I have a baseball bat up there signed by Vladimir Guerrero. Oh, yeah. On, uh, on, uh, yep, Vlad, my all-time favorite player. <laughs> signed it um, Hall of Fame weekend when he got inducted in 18. So, but he was my player growing up. And then Vladdy, the good thing, I guess, was he left a year before the Expos left. Like, I don't think he was 04. I think he left 2003. Moises Alou was around that time, too, wasn't he? He came back, yeah. yeah. So after Felipe was done, I, actually, Felipe Alou might have been managing still when um, Moises came back. And then Frank Robinson had the team yep. till the end. But um, I think Vladdy last game was 2003. The was last game was 2004 because I think they won a season. And then he ended up going to the AL and won the MVP the next year yeah. in 2004. So my baseball stats are very good from well, like late 90s you to were like 2004. Oh, huge fan. And, uh, fan. Yeah, so if, if they come – and I've, I've spoken before about this on the podcast. Like if the Expos come back, I would very – seriously look at season tickets i know you probably don't need them but i'd just be one of those guys like i would i would i would like give them to friends too but like i would want to go up all the time and i think my son would get into baseball well they think i think they want to build a smaller scale stadium they want to have something smaller downtown downtown where you know it's easy to get to so this happened a couple years ago one of the big investors or one of the he's like a real estate investor or developer up there he's one of like the big names spearheading the expos coming back he bought a plot of land down on the river, or on the river, on, yeah, St. Lawrence River, in downtown Montreal. It was, it's like, I forgot exactly where it is, but it's not far away from like the Bell Center, like down that direction. And I think they said from downtown, it's less than like a 10-minute walk from like the main strips of downtown. So it would be the baseball field right on, they basically need a stadium right on the water, kind of like you would see in like, a, is it PNC Park? Yes, in um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, and then yep. also the one in um, uh, San Francisco, yep. uh, where you're just on the bay. Like you, you basically hit over right field and you go in the water. Yep. I think that'd be so cool if they were on Saint, the St. Lawrence River. And then ideally, you'd probably try to have some type of retractable roof on it if they could do that because of just the the, the climate. Because um, that's one of the things that saved the Expos was you know those early games and late games. Another thing, I think I saw the only rain delay game ever in Montreal Expos history. Because they were redoing the roof one summer. And they had it open. They had, remember the old, the old roof there was kind of like that brown beige. Yeah. Yeah, it looked like it was such an eyesore. They ended up taking that off one year and they put this more kind of like, you couldn't see out of it, but it was more of like a cloudy white or like a gray, a silver kind of thing. That went over after. And they probably did that around the 2001 season. I'd have to look 2002, 2001, something like that. So there was like a month where they didn't have a roof on the field. And I remember going to watch a game. And it started raining, and they had a rain de- rain delay in Montreal, and I was like, I've never seen a rain delay for well, baseball. I never had either. I've and never it, been there. And it was so funny. Like and the, well, the good thing was, everybody just kind of like moved up, so they were just underneath the bat because there's nobody at this game. No. So I was like, oh, I'm, I, there's 30 rows behind me with three people. I'm gonna just move up to where it's not raining. I'll come back down to my seat. And uh, so yeah, so that was one of the uh, the coolest things I've ever saw was a rain delay in Montreal. Did you ever go to the old Montreal Forum for hockey? Mm-mm. The first time I went there. Uh, now, where is the forum located? Oh God, it's right. It's right, right in the center of town. It's it was right in the center of town. In downtown. Yeah, it was okay. uh, the old forum. Was I remember going in and uh, going in, and there was Patrick Waugh for the Canadians and Eddie the Eagle Bell for yeah, for the yeah. Chicago Blackhawks. Yep, yep. It was. Uh, I don't know. I just uh, it was fun. We have a great city there, you know, and it's. So are you a hockey guy too? No, no. I like hockey, but nothing like baseball. 
So baseball like sports. So yeah. Yankees, like you're, that's my team. Do you, so do you watch them every night? Every night, every night. My wife comes out, pokes her head out in the garage, says, "You okay? Yeah, I'm, 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 okay. I'm doing good. The game's on. You know, I got my feet up. I got used. To, I had a recliner that was 45 years old. I had to put it to bed this summer. It was uh, it had finally. So now you got to break in the new one. Not, well, it's not a recliner. It's just a straight back chair, so it's not. I don't fall asleep as easy. But I, I used to always fall asleep in that chair, and that was forty. It was a lazy boy. I was forty five years old. Did I? That's incredible. Considering you're forty six, that's, yeah, that's right. pretty good. The yeah. uh, so so when you when you, when you uh, so did you bring that to college with you? No, what the the, 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 the lazy? Yeah, no, no. Was it yours for forty six? It. It's when we got married. So it was the first one you bought. Yeah, first year we were married, we bought that thing. I, I want to see. I don't. I don't think ours will last that long, but they might end up going secondhand to like my kids for college or something. We'll go down in the basement. But forty six years. That's yeah. Forty. Yeah. Forty. It was. It was uh, well over forty. So what? What gave out on it? Finally, it was just like uh, the this spring? mechanism. I fixed it and fixed it and fixed it. Was it like the spring that goes yeah, back? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was trying to be part of my you know anatomy. I said, oh, you know, I can't do this. Had to go. But no, it lasts a long time. That's that's. I have a refrigerator. I have my hum, I have a humidor. Uh, in the garage, I got one in the house, but in the, in the garage, and I have the, I had the recliner, and I had the the TV, a big TV, and you know, and, and it's really a, a ratty old garage, but it's 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 home, you know. So you just go out, cigar, <laughs> like a little drink, whatever, just kind of kick back and yeah. then watch the game. That's I'll have to call, I'll, I'll take you up on that. I'll come over and watch a game. Wow, come over. Now I got a, now I got a smoking buddy, so it's <laughs> this is. I'll tell you, it's it's fun. It's fun, you know. You know, and we <clears throat> we play like. Uh, we play cards. We play like fish and old maid. Wait, so you have people that go with you? <laughs> in my garage, we play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but <laughs> I'm saying, do you have people that go? Oh yeah. Well? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. They come and play cards, and we we play cards and and watch the game and watch the game. We well, have my cell now, so let me know. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm, what time do you normally start this at? Well, it's only we only do it about four times a year. What what, t- what time at night? Oh, it would start. Well, we're older now, Galen. Okay. You know, so we start usually around six, and by ten, we're pretty well had the radish. We're tired. We want to okay. Go nap. Because kind of seeing how it played out. Is Sleepy this like time. A, this like it starts at like nine. <laughs> it's eight thirty. Now, when I was when we were you know when I was younger, we might go to midnight, but I just don't have it anymore. So you go to like kind of like the end of the game kind of deal. Yeah. Okay. We're all done then. That's we do about four times a year. I, I like that. Um, yeah. So I mean, I uh-huh. I think I think there's something about like right now. Like the live sports thing right now is kind of, it's kind of bizarre because there's no fans. But it, but the thing is, I there's part of it I kind of like, and the thing is, we're never going to see knock on wood again. But I don't think we're ever going to see this no. again in our lifetime. No, I don't. I hope not. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I hope not. And so like watching ball players play with no fans and they just hit one into the grandstands and there's nobody there. It's like, it's just weird, but it's, <laughs> but it's kind of fun because you, I think it adds a level of simplicity back to the game. Well, that's like and golf. I golf's mean, my favorite right but now. But you're watching golf. There's no, there's no galleries. There's nobody lining the fairways. So these guys, it's like, it would be like you and I going to play a harmony by ourselves. The, the, what, well, one of the golfers said, I forgot who said this. They said, it's basically like a, like a, a high stakes practice ring. <laughs> Because they're going out, there's no fans, and yeah. you got to think. Um, it was a couple weeks ago. I think it was Justin Thomas, and uh, it was the it was um, when they did the memorial. They played two game, two rounds back to back. Yeah, two yeah, they had to because yeah, of the weather. Yeah. Well, they well they played the first one was like I forgot what the name of the tournament was. It was like the 3M or something like that, and then the week later it was the memorial. Same course. They just replayed the course. So Justin Thomas and that uh, Mirakawa, yeah. 
They and Justin Thomas on the first playoff hole made a 50-foot bomb putt for a birdie. The other guy follows up with a 30-footer for birdie to go to the second playoff hole. But, like, there's no cheering. So it's just like, yes. And then, like, everybody's just kind of like, you might get a couple claps, but there's nobody there. <laughs> there's people that live so, in the course, yeah. Yeah, so it's like a really – I mean, you're talking – like, even yesterday, I love golf. And I actually I actually watched a decent amount yesterday, which was, which was good. Um, but I think it was towards the end of the round, um, Justin Thomas had, had won it. And Brooks Kepka was coming down. He had a chance to win. So long yeah. story short, he hit in the water. Yeah. yeah. So he does the whole thing. But then you got to think about it. He's the next shot into the bunker. He's got to get up and down, I think, from the bunker to get solo like third or something. So you're, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, so this guy, like everybody's done. Just He's not going to win the tournament. He's standing in the bunker. And I think he has to get up and down to get like solo third. There's nobody around. And you got to think in his head, it's like that's the difference between – 150 grand 200 grand (laughs) to get up and down and like they're probably not thinking that but i think at that point you're not going to win it's like wait what do i gotta get the second because then it becomes money and it's like okay well i didn't win the title so let me win money but you got to think like how much pressure is on those guys even with nobody in the stand so they got to be able to turn it on and still play i don't know you got to be motivated to well i'm curious to see how football is going to be because some like giant i'm a giants fan giants and jets aren't having fans at all this year so they're not even gonna. There's where other know. stadiums are doing like twenty percent capacity, and I know NASCAR I think was doing a limited capacity. Yeah, limited. I saw. I saw. Stands, but still, when you yeah. put one hundred and fifty thousand people in the stands and you have thirty thousand, there's still a lot of people. Still there. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see how the giant or how football is going to be because I know some places are still planning on having some fans. Um, some of the running jokes I think it was for Jacksonville. They're only allowing fifteen thousand fans. They said we're not even going to fill that, so don't even worry about it. <laughs> Just don't even put a limit on it. Yeah, some you guys of those teams get, are pretty bad. Yeah, some of those teams would probably only get 10 a game anyways. We'd be like the Expos back in the day being like, you only have 20,000 fans. We'd be like, this is fine. We'll be lucky to hit five. So, um, But they had good seats. You could get good seats without any problem. We Every every time we sat first row, uh, first row, first baseline, anywhere from the first row up to maybe the, like the seventh row. Every time, just the right of the dugout. And that was our seats for seven years and six years, whatever it was. And... I watched so many games from there, and I've been back twice. We watched the Red Sox play Toronto in a preseason game, which is kind of. We actually had tickets to see the Yankees this Was year. Was that well attended? Fifty something thousand. Wow! So every year they've done this, probably for the last five years. They have two games. Typically, it's Toronto versus the Yankees or Toronto versus the Red Sox. So we went up and watched the Red Sox play. We sat right behind home plate. There was 50-plus thousand. They played back-to-back games, so they played a sat like a Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday. They had fifty thousand both nights. Then we went up. This year, we had tickets to the Yankees against Toronto. I was pumped. We were actually going to bring my wife's grandmother up, who is 80-something years old, has never seen a Yankees game. She's like you, has watched watches every game. Mm-hmm. So we were like, this is great. We'll bring her up to Montreal. We'll have her at least see the Yankees. And you know, with COVID, that got canceled, unfortunately. So maybe, hopefully, next year. But we, I wanted to go see Vlad Guerrero Jr., who played for plays for um, Toronto. So... They had it was hard to get seats. Like they easily would have had over fifty thousand. See, I think I think if they had an, an American League East team, that's it. If, that way, you'd see the Red Sox, <clears throat> see the Red Sox eighteen times. You'd see the Yankees eighteen times. Well, that's thirty six games of full capacity. And Toronto, yeah, Toronto is, would be their biggest rival. Yeah, and you'd have Toronto, and yeah, you'd have your worst team would be Baltimore. Yeah, like I mean, w- within from a from a uh, rivalry standpoint, it's got to be an AL East team. Yeah, I think Tampa Bay is probably the next one to move. 
It'd be, it would be smart. I think I think that was the only problem because when and and at least the closest team you had was the Mets and then the Phillies. Yeah. And then you worked your way down. The Marlins were all, always terrible, and the Braves honestly back then were phenomenal. So they just the oh, Braves the they 90s, won the league every year. Nineties, yeah. Or won the uh, division every year. They sure did. Yeah, they I mean that teams. that nineties team was was outrageous. But um, so the uh, so so back to where you're at now. So now your position. Okay, we're going back to slightly back to work. Right? The so now you're you're the count or you're the town town clerk. clerk. So what does the town clerk do? Oh goodness, uh, the town clerk sells marriage licenses, um, issues handicap parking permits, um, does uh, dog licenses. All right, and we charge and dog control. I have like if your dog bites my dog, and you can then you got to call me, and then we set up a you know we we have dog control officer. Uh, also. Um, Dealing with bids, uh, if someone's you know if we have a project in the town, dealing with bids, um, all the records, all the town records, um, all the board meetings, all the minutes of the board meetings, all the resolutions, um, it's it's just wild. Everything, it's like a funnel. Everything funnels into the town clerk's office. It has to go there almost before it goes anywhere else. It's it's like a funnel. And I'm, I'm at the bottom of the funnel. Like scraping <laughs> the barrel. There. Yeah, getting all that stuff. It's well, a sludge down yeah, there. It's a, it's a lot of things. Marriage licenses are fun. I sold them all during COVID. See, there was quite a few marriages out there oh, yeah, on well, the grounds. Yeah. Well, I had, I had. Did you do those? No, I got. Cashman was out Cashman, there a lot. Because, because if I sold, being a retired judge, if I sold you the license, I can't do the wedding. The state, the state, uh, the judicial conduct commission. I called them first, and that's what they told me. They really? So, uh, so Cashman, I'd give him Mike's card, and I'd say, "Here you go. This he'll do it for you." And uh, he would do. He likes doing them. You know, Mike's great. He's a great guy. He likes doing them. Ma- Mike also very close to us. Yeah, yeah I don't he, know if he smokes cigars. Yeah, yeah, no, he's not. No, he's no, he's not a smoker. No, well, no. Maybe watch baseball. Not everybody. Not everybody's cool, you know. No, I know. That's <laughs> if you were I, here, I, ho- I hope if you were here, I'd cash, say the same. Cash thing. money. I hope. I hope you hear this because <laughs> we'll give you a personal invite. We'll bring out the forty-six-year-old recliner. He's a character, though. He, he is a character. He he actually came on here, and he was one of the best people I've ever had on here. Because I mean, you know Mike very well. Like Mike's a phenomenal speaker, great yeah. storyteller, great, yep. um, just a great person overall. So I just love like I love hearing his stories. But he's got a. He, I like his background. I like his approach to stuff. I like um, he's Irish. I like that. So I mean, it's, and he was talking about his trip to Ireland, and he's. Um, and actually, I think one of the things, the biggest things at the time, he just had done the, um, the honor flight, but he was the honor flight. And I forgot the name, like the flight, the head of the flight or whatever, or he was the ceremonial, like, um, flight captain or chair or whatever was that flight. And that was like a big deal to him. Cause I think he had seen it, seen it off a few times. Mike's I- really into that. He's yeah, really, he really sports. Have you ever seen the honor flight takeoff? I've, I've been there when they, I've been there when they've left. You know, they come into the to the. I've oval, never seen it, and I want the oval, and they, you know, they, I, they pay I, homage to them. Well, I I want to see this the send off, and this is, I almost went up a couple, I'll say a couple months. This honestly was probably late last year. Yeah, it was the fall, probably. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I think it was the fall time, and I was going to go up, and the people I was meeting or talking with were actually clients of mine and they help out with with it and like oh yeah we have uh the honor flight tomorrow and i was like oh, i want to go and I, I couldn't there's something was family wise i couldn't make it but i've always wanted to see it but i never i never check ahead of time to be like okay it's in three weeks well, we're you, gonna go you've got a few things going on yeah it's, it's always one where i find on like a friday they're like oh by the way they're doing it tomorrow and i'm like <laughs> how did i find out about it the day before 
because usually I see I'll see stuff like on the paper or the news or I'll see someone mention yeah. it. Um, but I would like to go because I think I think the whole the whole pre- like the whole idea behind that is really really powerful. But it's also I would like to see like they're pretty well attended, which is cool because obviously a lot oh, yeah. of a lot of these you know uh, veterans that are that are going on this trip, it's like. Probably a couple hundred people there just seeing them off. Yeah, which you got to think, you know, it has to be nice for the people that are going on the flight, but I think also semi-overwhelming because some, sometimes like people, especially in the military, they're kind of one of those people that just go do the job, come back, and they don't think twice about it. And then they realize like, oh, people really care. And then you also see people that will actually come out and show your appreciation. Then you kind of like, I think you get a chance to kind of reflect and say, wow, actually, yeah, we did do something really cool. Even though, like you had said, head down, just like work yeah. for 10, 20, 30 years and then kind of come out on the other end. Or, or even if it's just like a few, a few years in, a, in you know, yeah. Vietnam or Korea or uh, and I guess Persian Gulf's kind of now the bigger. I had two brothers that were uh, in, in the armed forces during the Vietnam era. Uh, one was in Vietnam, the other one was on a ship. Uh, he was in the Navy during the Vietnam era, so he didn't see actual combat, but my other brother did. Um, it's it's wild. I missed, uh, I graduated in 74, so the war ended in 73. Chances are, if the war had still been going on, I probably would have done the same thing. You know, I'd probably joined the armed services, but it was over. And, you know, I just went to college, I guess. That was it. And you said Plattsburgh, right? Was, um, so, I guess question for you: how, how long are you? Are you like? Have you always had a beard and always had long hair? No, actually, I just I, I, I kept my butt, I kept my hair buzzed uh, for when I was judging, like like, like buzzed, just crop, like, like just like that all over the top of my head. So one day I'm thinking to myself, you know, everybody else has got uh, short hair. I got short hair. I got long hair. I said I got hair. That's Let's it. Let's grow it. You know, so I've always been like that. <laughs> what, what, when did when you start growing your hair? And, and, and oh, again, for people that can't see Kevin, we'll take a photo. We'll get you. We'll, we'll, we'll take a photo. We'll put him on my I Instagram. I just got a haircut. You'll yesterday. see him. But like, if, if you never met him, he's got almost as long of hair as me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just starting to kind of grow my hair out too. But it's good too. It's, uh, but yeah, so you got longer hair. You got a beard. So I just didn't know. You got kind of like the hippie vibe. So you're like, hey, I graduated in the 70s. I didn't know if you did like a Grateful Dead power trip. Like you just, you're, you're on the long string strip. Actually, I'm a jazz guy. Jazz guy. Yeah, I go to the Saratoga Jazz Festival every year. Try to go to uh, try uh, when we when we go to New York, we always hit the Village Vanguard or the Blue Note. Always go to the always go to the jazz clubs. I've been to the Village Vanguard probably twenty twenty five times down in. Uh, can Can you play an instrument? No, no. I I played like the trumpet in high school, mm-hmm. and about ten years ago when I retired, I said I want to get back and start playing trumpet. You know what my trumpet is now? It's a lamp. I made it to a lamp. Hey. I just didn't have it. I Recycling? Just, That's good. I just didn't have it. So, 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 but you don't, you just, but just purely love jazz. Just love it. I love it. I love uh, the improvisation, the freedom. Uh, I just, I just do. Did, got me started. Uh, Ken Burns Jazz, probably 20 years ago, got me going on it. Did, uh, I mean, do you listen to anybody locally? Uh, I I, I like to go to Olive Ridley's when I can. I want to go. I I go there. I would love to go there way more than I do, but I just it's you know I'm starting to scale back just a little little bit. So um, yeah, jazz is. I'm not a big. um, I don't listen to a lot of jazz, but I I do appreciate a lot of music. Like I would listen to jazz. I have no no. um, I mean, the only kind of music I don't like is kind of like that over like that EMD was it EMD electric. (laughs) EDM fusion, fusion. Uh, like that, I, like that, just like like the sounds and the lights were the ones where the people go to and like the rave at the music. That's not for me. 
or the uh, you know just kind of like I, I'm very much band acoustic guitar guitar drums like I just like I like music I um, like do you, you play just, do you play an instrument no well no no I'm gonna say no I I uh, I played a French horn back in <laughs> junior high didn't practice wasn't good dropped that and I just never really liked it I lo- I love music wasn't into that ten years ago picked up the guitar started playing it I go over the first like month of quarantine I started playing guitar sure. back try to get back into it um, didn't play much I played um, so I'd say that's probably the only thing I bought a keyboard a couple years ago for my wife who used to play as a kid um, at some point in time I'd love to like play guitar and piano proficiently meaning not great but I could play yeah. through music yeah that's a goal of mine I I'm realistic knowing that that's probably going to start 10, 20 years from now, maybe. How'd you meet your wife? Was it Shazy? She goes to Shazy? No, she's from Morrisonville. So so she went to Saranac? Her main name's Rosenbaum. Oh, okay. Jerry and Helene's yes. daughter. Yes. Yeah. So she... Gina? Uh, Gina? Gina. Yeah, she's a real nice guy. Yeah. So so I met Gina. Um, I actually met her through our gym probably six, six years ago, seven years ago, something like that. And... Nothing. I mean, we just kind of like you make a good pair. Wasn't much. Yeah, we've done well. We we're, make uh, a good pair. Yeah. So so we. Uh, but it wasn't until later in the year that we kind of started to hang out. We started to kind of watch football. Kind of hung out a little bit more. And long story short, it just kind of you know we just kind of mutually um, got closer to each other that way. And then um, you know we uh, we've packed a lot in very quickly. Married now on three kids in like probably six or seven years. So move. We're in our second house together, which is nice, you know. So we've it's been good, but we, uh, yeah. So it's it's a good combo. Like she's she she's one that she works from home. She does massage therapy, um, but she's with the kids pretty much all day. So besides the times when she, you know, is doing massage, and she's really good with the kids. So it's nice to she gives me a lot of freedom to come out and, like you said, play around all day. Yeah. You know, and and my day to day, and then uh, you know, go home, and it's fun to go back home at night and see the kids and see Gina and even though like it can be chaotic with kids it's still fun you still you still have those like you ha- you were you're in an off uh, big time people oriented business and yeah. you, you got to you got to take a little time for yourself i know if you don't you just lose it the, you, you well there, to... there's times there's times like where i'll go with like funks i'll be with people so much which i i love people like i love seeing people talking to people oh of course you couldn't do this job if you didn't no and, and i but there's days where I'll get like a a random, you know, random mid- day, middle of the week. I don't have a lot going on. It's just kind of, like yesterday was actually one of those days where I had one one appointment. I had an appointment here that lasted me 40 minutes. The rest of the day I was just kind of working on stuff here. But it was just kind of one of those days where I was just like, oh, just not talking to anybody today. And it's just kind of low-key day. And um, I just kind of felt like very blah yesterday. Like one of those days where not like – Super negative, but it just kind of like lacked the motivation. It was Can just I tell like, you what that is? It's normal day. Normal. But, yeah. That's being and, normal. And but, and it, I always <laughs> but I, but I like I like having like today would have been a perfect day. Like if I had nothing going on, which today was like my schedule was packed today, which is great because you're just like running around. But there's some days that you know rainy day where I could just sit in the office, drink some coffee, put on some music, and just work on projects and not not talk to anybody. I, I like those introverted days where you just you can it allows me to kind of recharge a little bit and it allows me just to kind of like tune everything out because I 
I t- as you like what you probably did when you know between all the professions you were talking to people all day long there's times where you just want to sit in the garage have a cigar watch a baseball game not talk to anybody sanity and, yeah. it's, it's a way to recoup your sanity yeah. you know get it then and, and then you like you say charge your batteries and and you're good to go you can't go at that pace all the time you have to chill a little bit so when you were doing all that was that you still want we were watching the yankees still, oh yeah like yeah. that was still a thing that was escape? my thing in the garage and I'd, I'd watch the yankees until i got the phone call from the new york state police or the clinton county sheriff department can you come in we have we have a dwi or we have an assault or we have an unlawful imprisonment or we have and i just get up and you know it, it's matter of factly i just get up put my coat on and go out and or just go out <laughs> It's just you see the darndest things at three o'clock in the morning. I hit a beaver with my car one time, doing an arraignment. He was right on the bridge, and I felt awful. I said, "Well, when I come back through, I'll move him out of the way." I came back through. He, I obviously didn't kill him. He was like a bowling ball. I hitting a bowling ball at uh, twenty miles an hour, thirty miles an hour. I hit him, didn't kill him. I drove by. I was going to set to throw his throw his body off to the side of the road, and bang, he gotten up and walked away. <laughs> you see deer, bears. Uh, People under the influence staggering in the road to say, do you need a hand? No, I'm good. You know, it's like, okay. As long as you're not driving, I'm not going to see it tonight. I could care less. If you're not driving, just don't get in front of a car, please. And things that use all kinds of things, three o'clock in the morning, you know, just driving that little neighborhood that we live in. So do you, do you miss, I mean, do you miss the judge part? Maybe not being on call all the time, but do you still miss the, I miss the people. I miss, I miss all the attorneys I worked with, all the law enforcement people. I miss the my my crew at the court because we had f- four full time clerks. We were so busy. We get one year we got sixty thousand phone calls. See, we had the Northway and, and vehicle traffic is is huge. It's huge. It's it's million dollars what a year in, in the vehicle and traffic. I mean, if you're, for oh. speeding and yeah. you know all these things, so that it was huge. That's where most of the cases came from. I probably had about a good sixty to seventy thousand criminal cases, but the rest were vehicle and traffic offenses. And I missed I missed the crew. We had four full time clerks, and they're just wonderful people. Uh, Are any of them still there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're three. One one nice lady retired, and uh, the other three are still there. So what? Uh, who's the judge now? Then there are two judges. One's Martin Mannix, Jr., and the other is James Joyce. Oh, okay. I know James. Well, know I know him. James' wife more. Yeah, Melissa. She, Melissa. She comes. Yeah. She comes. Yeah. So. <laughs> She, uh, no, she, great, great lady. I, actually, I didn't even, I don't even know what he was, I probably should know, but I voted for him, but I didn't, I don't even think I knew what he was going for. <laughs> just, we had a sign in our yard, Gina stuck one out in the front yard for him, so I didn't, I, yeah. I'm just like, I'll just vote for him. He seems like, a, I like his wife. So he's a very, very, he's, he's got a perfect temperament. Yeah. He's, he and I are polar opposites, but we're good friends, but we're polar opposites because he is more laid back and he's, you know, he's very pensive, you know, and I was just, yeah, but the thing is, by the time I got to teaching school all day, when I walked in, I was very laid back because I was exhausted. And uh, so it worked out. Are you a coffee guy? Yes. yes like all day long kind of no, coffee guy? No. Just a cup in the a morning? A couple, couple cups in the morning, and I'm good to go. Yeah. So you don't do like an afternoon? Like, no. So there's no time on the way home from school you'd like grab a coffee? After a good meal, I might want a cup of coffee. Are you, actually, are you, are you like dinner time, have a cup of coffee after dinner? Yeah. A good meal, I might have that. For, instead of dessert, I'll have coffee. So we're, we're we're like the same people. So are you talking like at home you do this? Yeah. Or, oh, so you make one at home? Yeah. I'm usually if I'm at, out, we'll do the same thing. Yeah. If I'm like at like my my favorite places to get coffee 
if you're having like a nice sit down meal, it's basically like Iris's, Latitude 44, Anthony's, like the places where you kind of have like a good meal and then it's at the end people get dessert. I'm not a huge sweet tooth nope. guy. I love ice cream, but not really pot like pastries and stuff or cakes. But yeah, a nice, nice little French press after. Just a little, just a nice little cup of coffee, and that, to me, that's dessert. I like. To, I have a sweet tooth, but I just when I eat, when I dine, I, I'm I the same. Yeah, and it doesn't. Caffeine doesn't affect you. That, no, I can go to bed. I can go to bed anytime. Fall asleep. We're the time. same. And people are like the caffeine must knock you out. I'm like, no. Like if anything, it just kind of regulates me, and I go to bed. It's like <laughs> it's like a nice little melatonin caffeine shot right there. It's it, it's it's uh, no, it's good. Um, so. No, I, I love this, and and I didn't know what the clerk position was really because it's, it's also it's always one of those, it's always one of those positions that go on the ballot, and I never know what it is. Oh, everything has to funnel through there. Uh, licenses, if you if you're uh, you know if you're going out of business, you have to get a going out of business license. You have to get a peddler's license. We 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 um, we deal with gambling and uh, the gambling uh, commission. So if you're if you're if you're having bingo, you have to go through us to get. The bingo approved. What about lotto tickets? No, no, nothing like that. We don't do a lot of state takes care of that. But bingo, uh, like Queen of Hearts. Oh yeah, things like that. I'll have to go through my office. So that's just, <coughs> that's just within the town of Plattsburgh. So like town. when they do it down in Morrisonville, like uh, on, just down the road from us, when they yep, do the yep. Legion, that Six, goes yep, through. Yeah, sixteen oh nine. Yeah. Yeah. So because yeah. um, they have one almost every year, right? Yeah, they have. They have. They, they don't have bingo. They have Queen of Hearts, and they have their little pull pull tabs. I remember this was. I always say this a couple of years ago. It's now. It's probably like six, seven years ago now. But remember when Rouse's point like was down to like five cards, and I remember because we had an office up there. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. They had a ton because isn't it a certain point where they can only pay out a certain amount of money and everything else goes to the legion? <laughs> yeah, so the legion's pretty nice there yeah. now. They had a good legion. So, well, but I remember going and I would go up and this is when I was going to the Rouse's point office. I would go over like on a Wednesday. No, they, they pull it on what a Friday or Saturday? It, it, it and, and the one in Morrisonville is Friday, I think. It, it might have been Friday Fridays. too. Yeah. So I would go over like Tuesday, Wednesday, middle of the day, and it'd be you would be like three, four people deep getting tickets. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And this was I'm like, and then it was just nonstop. So all day long they're just because word got out they're like they're down to ten tickets, and then this went on <laughs> for about four or five weeks, and finally someone won it. And I just remember, I didn't buy a lot. I'd go in, and I think I spent 20 bucks a week for four weeks, maybe. It was like, I'd go down and get like five tickets or whatever. And I just remember it was like jam-packed, like middle of the week to go get tickets. Like you could, it was hard to find a parking spot just to go in and buy a I ticket. Know. And it was like, you would ask people, do you want me to grab tickets for you? <laughs> and it was just the most bizarre thing. And that was the first time I ever even heard of the Queen of Hearts. Hearts. And now yeah. I'm like, this thing is like rocked and rolling it's everywhere. Gigantic. Well, why wouldn't you do it? It's the best like money-making thing out there. See, the thing is, I see you, I see people of your ilk down the road having to fill the slots that people like, I, like, people like me are going to vacate. And somebody's going to have to be community leaders. Somebody's going to have to be community, you know, they're going to have to spearhead these projects. And I, and I really think that we need people, uh, young people who are fired up and ready to go and care about their community and... I just because we're gonna need those people. We're gonna need people like. Well, that's that's when one of the th- one of the uh, groups that I'm very like, I guess passionate, but you know, like to be involved in was Adirondack Young Professionals, which is like a great group, which is just that. Um, I, I I hope I think I think it will happen, but I hope that membership like doubles or triples because I don't. That's always one. And I actually spoke to Dave a little bit about it, but I don't. That's that's an organization that has no reason to be under 100 members. Like when they have an event, they should be having, 
you know, anywhere from 50 to 75 people showing up consistently because I just believe that there's so much benefit to it. But a lot of it is just getting kids out or young people out that see the benefit of going to these events, like strength the, and number kind of thing. The networking, though, that you can do there, you know, yeah, it's incredible. you have people in real estate and law, you have people in, uh, in, uh, in other types of businesses. I mean, you could just, it's just, uh, it's a great organization because those people are going to be the leaders and you're going to feel it mm-hmm. when you're, when you're, it'll come to you as a younger person, as a person that's involved and cares about his community, you will feel a pull. And that pull will, you'll say, wow, I'm not gonna run for this, or I'm not gonna do that, or I'm not gonna be chairperson of this charity, I'm not gonna, it's not gonna happen. You'll feel the pull. And it will pull you. Because if you care about your community, and you care about people, and you do, and a lot of people of your age group that are in this young professionals group do, you're going to find that the pull, and you won't even realize it, and all of a sudden you'll find yourself being, being more involved in the community and more involved in the community. Because if we don't, it's 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 imperative. It's imperative that we get involved in our community. The, I like I've been asked to be on a few. I'd probably say, I've been on two boards in my life. Both of them I was only on for like a year or two. Um, just kind of got out, didn't it? Like. Weren't anything one I really felt passionate about, but two was just starting to get busy, and and I think I've been asked to be on a few other boards. I usually, you know, decline because I'm just in a point now between work and kids. Like I have a lot, and I'm kind of looking more like you had said when you get a little bit older, the kids are maybe in high school, then you know you don't have to be. You'll feel that pull. Yeah, and and I I would like to do because I think there's a lot of good organizations, and I think. You usually meet good people, and the people that are on those boards typically are very similar, have a lot of characteristics that would be similar, um, or at least similar. Um, you know, they want to help out and they want to do the best they can. I think I'll, I'll do stuff probably in 15 years from now, is my guess, when things like with the kids, maybe, maybe, I don't know, because in 15 three, years, you're only going to be 45. I know, but, but, but like, I'm looking at my, my youngest That's at that still point, pretty would be young. 14 or 15, so yeah. they'll be in high school. I'll, I'll see. Like, like well again like my dad was on a bunch of stuff growing up he's still is involved um you know he's been on the the school board for i don't know 16 years maybe 17 years like um i think he's the maybe the president now i mean he he's been on for a while like so so like i've I've seen it growing up where he was you know i mean i've only been at school yeah he was probably on the school board for six or seven years that i was in school so and he's still on it and i've been out for a little while now so um yeah you are 30 yeah, might so might not. Yeah, twelve years now. So, but it's it, at some point I'll, I'd like to do it from a giving back standpoint. But I think you got to have. I think I'm a pretty level-headed person. I think I th- I think through things well. I think I'm I analyze stuff enough. Not not overanalyze, but I think I analyze enough to make a good decision um, without like dragging stuff on. Because I'm also one too. Where perfect example. I saw you last week. I was I was getting plans for my house yeah. i was happy as could be when uh when donna emailed me back and said we found him i was like jumping for joy so but then i saw you and i'm like kevin i got you on the podcast you're like let's do it and here we are yeah, five we days later i yeah. think we just coordinated really fast and i'm one of those people that i don't like to procrastinate stuff because i just think it's to me it's like a bad habit so if i'm like hey let's do the podcast Very we could true. have said let's do the podcast for three months and then fi- finally did it in october and instead, I'm like, I'll go send you an email. And I think I sent you an email the next yep. morning and yep. said, when can we do it? And that's just, 
if I say it, I'm just like, here, let's just do it now because I find if I can just jam it all in now, I'm going to be able to do more later versus pushing you off and then it's going to go into something else. And But that's how life is. I mean, there are people who who talk about doing things and there are people who do things. <laughs> and do you, So, do, yeah, and I... <laughs> One of my things I always say is, like, I want to be a doer, not, like, a doer right. of stuff. Like, I want to – because ideas are great. Everybody has ideas. But I said you're only going to execute – you're only going to pull them off if you execute on them. And execution takes action. And and that's something that I I pride myself on when – like go, like you said, like, you go, go, go. But I try to I try to go when I'm on and I try to relax when I'm not. So, like, like weekends, I try to completely check out. Unplug. It's, it's – easier said than done because i'm in a business that to client it's basically client services like people are going to reach out to you and and you know you're at the mercy of you know if you want to keep them on as you know clients or whatever and I, i've gotten a better balance at it for sure but there's still times where it's like okay yeah let me um like i got done golfing early sunday morning it was like 9 30 nicolette texts me she's like hey someone wants to see a home today at some point and i literally just like let me call them like can you guys meet me there in 10 minutes because i'm driving back from the golf course to my house yeah I'll perfect. swing in real quick, and it worked out perfect. And they were good, really good, like, fun, fun. I really like these people. So it was easy. Like, I showed up, had my golf stuff on. They didn't care. We saw the house. I was back home by 10, 15. That's not that big of a deal, but it's like I'm one where I hate pushing people off. So I'm like, well, I can wait. I almost had someone. I, I was actually, that's why I was kind of rushing today because I, I added them this morning. Like, two hours before I was going to the house, I added them. I was going to put them at 8.30 tonight because that was the only time I could go and they could go. Sure. And I was like, no, 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 I'm just going to cram it in. I'm just, we're just going to go fast and try to make it happen because I don't want to push, especially in the market we're in. You don't want to do that. So, is it a good market right now for, uh, for real estate? It, I've heard it was. For sellers, not for buyers. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. It's good for buyers. The interest rates are at all time low right now, which is good. You know, if somebody's going to buy a home, yeah. now's the best time to actually buy a home. Absolutely. Having options to buy a home is tough. There's no homes on the market. Um, for every house that's on the market, we probably need five to seven. X whatever's going on because we have that many people. I just showed a house today. There's probably eight or nine showings on it today. My guess is there's probably eight or nine tomorrow. Um, my people are interested, probably going to make an offer. I'm showing it again later tonight after this. And that's just me. There's other people that are showing it. And my guess is by tomorrow, there's probably going to be three or four offers on it. And that's, we've never seen that before. Not at least I haven't in 10 years. So I've it's, never heard of it before. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, within, it, within reason, obviously you can still overprice your home in this market, but if people are in the ballpark, yeah. you know, with some sense of, of pricing, I mean, there's, you still have the, some people that are throwing their house, like for sale by owners are throwing their house on for $80,000 higher than what it should be. And it's, those are the ones that make you scratch your head. Cause I'm like, you guys have such an advantage right now being a seller's market because supply and demand favors the seller that you're going to shoot yourself in the foot by just overpricing your home because then nobody's going to even take you serious. And it's like, why don't you just, you know, it's only going to sell in this range. Why, why do you think someone would overspend 80,000? You wouldn't buy a house for 80,000 over. So why would someone else want to buy yours for 80,000 over? And, and it, it's just the, but right now the, the average price, even the, the median average price, both of them have risen recently just because of supply and demand favored the seller. So you're going to see that days on market are about half the time they were from last year, which wow. is incredible. Um, like I have listings right now. If they're going two weeks on the market, I'm like, what, what's wrong? Like, let's re, let's drop the price. Let's redo our strategy. Let's whatever, because I'm having most of my houses go off within days, and now we'll go two weeks. I'm like, oh. now, two years ago, two week a two week sale would have been like you're bragging about it. Yeah. Like I sold in two weeks. Now it's like, well, what what the heck's wrong? In certain areas, certain areas don't have that, but 
it's it's different it's different um but it's fun now um with now where are we going with this in the sense of i should say with your current position we talked about the like the the ramp, uh, ramp program you're still involved with that right well i i really hated to leave the ramp program it was not when i went and talked to dave and liz it was like you know i hate to do this to you but there were some there were a lot more people on board at that time and i said uh, you know i, I want to do this i feel in my heart it has to be done we need to fill this position in the town and it, it needs to it needs to be filled properly so that was my motive, motive for running i okay. was i was not uh, i just felt that we needed a change and about two weeks ago three weeks ago I'm, i i have I, I have i'll be able to have a little bit of time to go to the high schools again so i have a deputy now they could have had a deputy before but they didn't have one deputy of the town yeah okay de- deputy town clerk and she she's very capable and uh she you know she can cover for me i can go to the schools present ramp because i it's such such an important program because uh kids graduate and they're lost and if you don't go and even if they you know it's they need somebody to be with them and i you know i did all kinds of things i used to drive them to work um go to court with them uh counsel their parents Mm -hmm. um you know, you, you've, it's kind of like an extension of almost of teaching. You're trying to counsel them, make that a transition, and boy, there's some, you know, some of them are ready, and some of them aren't even close, you know? So, because I think, I think we're going to start seeing this more going forward, because I think the way, the way the world's working is, in my, this is my theory, college is so darn expensive to go to, um, even at the local level, it's still an investment for a lot of people to go to college. And but I look at it like I, with the way the technology is nowadays, I, I get there's certain professional positions that you still need a degree for. Um, so you know, teaching or or you know, law or you know, or any any of those things, you know, medical profession, you do have to go to college because they want to have that paper. But there's so many professions out there that you don't need to go to college for that you can learn. I think the best way to learn is hands-on. So shadowing someone, learning from someone directly. Um, I, it's funny. Like real estate, I've stumbled through it, you know, and learned. I learned a ton of stuff just watching YouTube videos. And I, I'm not saying like how to do real estate. I'm saying like how to market for real estate, how to how to do certain things, how to run programs for um, stuff we're doing. Like if you have a Google or a YouTube search engine, you can learn. You can get a degree in that. So, it, but it's. I always find that college is still ingrained in people that you have to go to college to learn something where I think a lot of the kids benefit from the workforce or the thing, the thing they can always, you can always go back to college. You can go to college, but get, get some experience. But that, but the other thing that I just know this because I'm having a nightmare time dealing with it. Now, if kids nowadays want to get a very good career and want to know something and want to be able to market themselves and have their own schedule and run their own company, go learn a trade. I think the biggest thing with trades, this is the, if I had to right now go back in time, I would have punted all the classes I took in high school. I would have went to CV Tech. I would have got a trade. I would have learned a trade. I would have come out with some type of uh, trade degree, whether electric, carpentry, plumbing, something like that. And then I would have probably have went and found someone that did that type of work and was an apprentice under them, learned it for a few years, then opened up my own business, business. and just ran it that way. 
That if if I had to, if real estate doesn't work out for me, there's two things. I would either probably do something marketing because I do like marketing, or I would seriously look at going into a trade. Like I don't know a lot about electricity, but guess what? I can learn in probably a year or two how to do all the if, stuff I need to do. If you're malleable, you can. I got to tell you, some of my wealthiest friends, people that can buy and sell me a hundred times over, didn't graduate from college. Mm-hmm. They got a trade. They started their own business. And they succeeded and did very, very well. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I, th- their mind was geared toward the trade, you know, not necessarily academics. But, and the, the most fantastically successful people I know didn't go to college. I mean, just think that even local in this area, there's some people that are very well off that do plumbing, electric, like, and, it, and I, I, would, I would seriously contemplate going to some type of schooling to do plumbing or electric and then I would end up doing something to I would do something I would go to one of those two and from there you, you know you know Joey? Yeah, that's uh, Joey Trombley. That's Joey Trombley. It's Kevin Patton. <laughs> Kevin Patton. Kevin. How are you? Nice to meet you. Town clerk. Ta- town clerk almost almost neighbor I can hit him with a driver so. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're we're talking about we're talking about the trades, the trades, trade schools. Nice. So, boy, they are awesome. They are. Yeah, you know, Galen and I have figured we've got the answers for a lot of things here. Well, yeah, the world, the world's a better place today because you guys are having this conversation. I hope so. But higher education and education is important, as we know, and trade schools should be part of that conversation. Absolutely. I'm a firm believer. We might have picked them up a little bit on that. I would add you to the thing, but then I got to stop and redo. We don't have the high tech equipment. Oh, you mean they're here? We talk loud enough so they'll hear you. Yeah, it's coming through the airwaves. Just tilt, tilt the mic over. Um, so the uh, no the ramp the ramp program is geared to get you job experience, work experience, and then you can find what you like. You know, you're only 18 years old. When you're 18 years old, it's like. But you had to think too. At 2020, how many kids know how? I. I certainly don't. I didn't grow up with it. How many kids know how to rewire a house? How many kids know how to build a house? There's few people. The people that I'm most fascinated by is when I can sit there and watch people work manual, like like building stuff with their hands, and I'm fascinated by it. And I'm I use my mind more than I do anything physically during the day. So like like you said, I need the escapism of my mind. But sometimes we had a roof put on our house. I helped with the roof. I was probably 70%, 70% involved with the roof. And I wasn't the head guy doing it, but I was fascinated. Like, I yeah. learned a lot about roofing. Like, but I just like that kind of stuff because I like, I, you know, I like woodworking and I like figuring problem solving out, um, you know, even just little home projects, like trying to just figure it out and then you accomplish it. And like, that was pretty cool. Like, I did it. But I think if I had, the, I would love the knowledge of doing it and I never took the time. And right now, I probably don't have the time in the day to learn it, but if real estate doesn't work out, I would seriously contemplate going into one of those fields and just learn how to do that stuff because there's going to be, you're already seeing it now, there's going to be such a, um, a need for that because the older generation that's retiring, people aren't filling in that, those, uh, those spaces anymore. Real craftsmen are almost impossible to find. Yeah. Real craftsmen. Yeah. Uh, Yogi Berry used to say, you can learn a lot by watching. He's I was gonna say it, 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 it gets it, it gets uh, late early out there, right? Isn't that another good yogiism? Yeah, people so, don't go there anymore. It's too crowded. That's, you know? that's <laughs> Yogi. He was a character. He uh, 
<laughs> he's a great num- number eight, right? Yep, number eight. Uh, well, Kevin, you want to end there? Yes, sounds great. Um, I had a good time. This was this was great. <laughs> now that I find out that you, like I I'm, I'm I can't wait to go. like I said I'm, you you let me know. We'll take a look at the the cigars before we leave here, but um, I will definitely try to sneak over some night and watch a game with you and uh, maybe have a nice little cigar. Maybe even like a day game, nice little day game. Yes. Well, you, you know, a day game cigar guy, or is that? Just oh, kind of... I'm a I'm an eight o'clock in the morning cigar guy. Oh, you know, I get up in the morning and uh, you know I have a cup of coffee. I go out in my bathroom and I pull the leaves off my driveway, and then I, you know it's I it, I, am, I am who I am. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like you're the guy that can't sit down and enjoy a cup of coffee at the table. You got to be up and moving. And... I, I I am who I am. I'm not going to change. It keeps you young though. You don't move it. You got to always move. I, I love I love kids. I love being around kids. I love you know people like your age. I get I get enthused being around people that that are with it. You know that's it. Well, hey, I appreciate it, Kevin. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thanks. Uh, we might have you on again just because, like I said, as we said before, the bottom of the barrel gets drained quick, so we we'll get we we'll get stuck with Kevin. So we'll uh, we'll thank get you we'll get you back on it. Thank you very Another much. episode. Had a good time. time. It was Our, a good time. That's yeah, good. Episode eighty one with Kevin Patnode. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.